Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Awesome. Um, good morning, everybody. It's really good to see you all. Um, yeah, yesterday was my three-year anniversary of being in OA, so it's pretty incredible, and I'm so glad to still be here with you all, and many of you have been with me the entire time, basically, um, and yes, today I'm going to share my story and share some writings that I've done and touch on the tradition of the month, um, and I encourage you to take what you like and leave the rest. And my story is just my experience. Um, and if you don't connect with it, that's okay. And I encourage you to listen to other speakers as well, because I certainly don't speak for OA as a whole. Um, yeah, so I, the past like season I've been, um, I've been I've been doing some writing and thank you um, for the happy anniversary and I think I'll just start with this one that'll and then I'll, I'll it'll kind of go into my story. <clears throat> I built you to be God, lowercase g. No, God, uppercase g. I built you out of fantasy, designed you based on stories, used the assumptions to guide my calculations. I prayed that you would work. I built you to never leave me, to deceive me, and to see me 70% clearly. I built you thinking I was in control, that this building of mine would have no toll on me, on you. And up you flew, wings hot glued to the sun and come undone. Who am I in this story? A little son called a daughter, missing their father, wishing for love from their mother. So building day and night to please, to ease, but I knew it was a tease. I can't build God. It is time to cease. Let it start with me. Um, and so I come from, I'm third generation of um, people, my family who have been in, in and out of recovery and who have eating disorders. Um, and the majority of my family is affected either by eating disorders or addiction and alcoholism and dysfunction. And um, I bring, yeah, I bring all of that with me. And I grew up very thin, like ultra thin. Um, I didn't get my period until I was like 18, 19 ish. Um, and then when I did and I, my body started changing, I, um, I didn't have acceptance around it. And so I began to overexercise and restrict, um, which then led to binges and those periods of like hyper control. And then, um, you know, losing control um, and numbing out just increased that cycle was vicious and I kept trying to figure it out and fix it and be better and be perfect and get this body back that was prepubescent basically and um 
and to be perfect, I think was a big aim of mine subconsciously. And um, so then what happened is I realized I was, I kept trying to figure it out and I, it got to be more and more of a problem. And I kept thinking like, oh, if I could just get the, the things of my life to be in order, then I would stop binging. And then things started to be more okay in my life and I was still binging. Um, and so I started talking about it with my therapist and um, my therapist asked me, she said, have you considered not going through this by yourself? And at that same time, I was thinking about um, remembering a, a diet that my mom had done that had the word abstinent in it, an abstinent meal plan, food plan. And I was like, what was that? And I talked to my mom about it, um, talked, about, talked to her about her experience um, being in and out of the program. And I went to my first meeting, which was in North Berkeley, April 16th at a 7 a.m. Um, with the sun rising and um, and I never left I haven't I've had a lot of struggles and imperfection and I have a lot of anger with this program and I find it to be deeply imperfect and in some ways problematic um, and it's saved my life I think that yeah this eating disorders are like one of the most fatal of the psychiatric diseases. Um, and, and this is not, I think to equate it with, you know, like, Oh, I just need to get my food in control. Oh, if I could just like, no, like I have a disease, my, you know, family members in the generation above me have the same disease. Two generations above me have this disease too. And, I've seen what it, it can do to them. <laughs> and it is like a life threatening disease that I can't, um, I can't control on my own. I can't fix it on my own. And if I don't take care of this disease, it will ruin my life. Um, and I, I saw that in, in many of my bottoms and I've seen that as when I'm not, you know, when I, when I'm not in recovery and also when I'm just having, a, when I'm struggling, how the mental obsession and the, the morality and the self-hatred that makes me want to, it's like, make, there's a part, the disease makes me want to destroy myself and those around me. Um, and that's no joke. <laughs> um, and what happened is is that 12 step recovery gave me a, a new way to live um, and save my life like over and over and over again. Because instead of trying to figure out how to, you know, like, okay, what's, what happens right before I binge? How am I feeling during, what's it like right after, you know, and like really trying to be like, okay, if I can just really know, be really aware then and I couldn't, I just, I couldn't figure it out. Um, and I kept binging and I kept restricting and be like, okay, well then I'll just be, if I'm just, I'll just eat for what I'm hungry and I'll stop immediately when I'm full the moment. And then I'm using like 
a rice cake a day. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is just like, I had no balance. I had no perspective. I had no way to care for myself. And that made it so that I wasn't able to show up for other people um, in my life, which had its whole other wreckage that I now am working towards cleaning up. Um, And so what happened is I kept coming back. And at first I worked a food plan, the one that my mom had done and I then I cut that in half all the portions in half and then I lost a bunch of weight I lost my period and I realized I can be in this program and I can use it as a tool for destruction and that what I really this program is a spiritual program like about relying on a higher power for guidance and direction in my life It's not about a diet. It's not about a food plan. In a way, it's like not about the tools. Like it's about this relationship with a higher power. Like that's the difference. Like the moment that I realized that the most important thing is relying on a higher power and like listening and and asking and finding out what that is, what that guidance is and developing this relationship and this honesty, that's when I started to really recover. Um, and then it, it's just like night and day. It's like, I'm not alone anymore and I'm able to show up and be responsible. I'm able to be disciplined and also to rest and take it easy and not go so hard on myself or on other people. Um, I'm able to like eat food in a way that's loving and caring and joyous rather than punitive and fearful and controlling. Um, And that is like a process. And it sometimes I'm still, I get really afraid and then I have to really take it back and rebuild trust with myself again. And um, where I'm at right now is that I feel like I'm in a growth spurt. I, in for basically the, the past two years of my recovery, I was living by myself. I didn't, I didn't live with a partner. I, I was insulated. I had recovery myself and then the outside world. Have time. Awesome. And now I'm letting people in and I'm being of service in a bigger way. I've now had some sponsees for over a year um, that I've worked with and year and a half for some of them and it is powerful and it's also humbling and terrifying and it is like oh yeah I how how do I keep my relationship with my higher power as I have all these other relationships and to not put these other people in that spot um, or to try to do too much to really like um be grounded in my recovery so that I can show up in this much bigger life that I have right now thanks to recovery and it it, it's like really humbling and really challenging um and like a really big yeah like I feel like I'm relearning how to do everything that I did in the beginning again because I'm like how do I eat with other people every day and meals that people are cooking for me each night that I don't have control over. And how do I communicate when I'm having like, like a flare up, you know, or like having 
GI symptoms or when I'm freaking out about food, how do I, you know, also take care of myself and still be vulnerable and honest. And um, it's really just such a gift to, to even be able to do that because I wasn't able to do that in relationships at all. I wasn't able to keep going back or to talk about the fact that I have an eating disorder and for that to be okay. And for the fact that like, yeah, these people that are in my life, li my life, they, they know. And I've told them and they still love me. And that I was like, oh my gosh, if anyone knows, they would just judge me and hate me. And many people, they, most of the people in my life who are close to me, it's one of the things that they love about me is that I'm so committed to my recovery. And that I'm just like, what? You don't have to be perfect and have it all figured out. <laughs> like, I was just like, um, and I think how it is for me on like a daily basis is I have highs and lows. And, you know, earlier this week, I was just raging and just cranky. And then the next day I might be gleeful and I have good days with food where I feel serene and I have no cravings. And the next day I'm just like, all I want to do is get out of my experience and eat a bunch of food and, you know, start a fight. Like, that's, um, and sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't. And I just keep coming back and keep practicing this and keep going to meetings so that I can hear different people's experiences and I use the tools. Um, but it really does come back to this, like, am I connected to my higher power? Like, am I in touch with what's, am I working a spiritual recovery or am I just trying to fix it so that I can get out of my experience? Am I just trying to like, like make it go away? Cause if I'm doing that with anything, it doesn't work. It's like, I can have the awareness, but if I don't have the acceptance, then any action that I take is empty. And um, yeah, let me, <laughs> pull up another one of my writings that I, um, this one's also about God. Um, my God has a lowercase g and the possession is loose, best not at all. My God splits tree trunks, crashes waves upon the shore, irregardless of, irrelevant of, irrelevant of, me and my drama, my God extends a hand open to a bird who calls to me and says in a whisper, a trill, a wave, listen. Um, and then, let me see, I don't think I have one more. Um, and so then I'm going to talk a little bit about the fourth tradition, which states that each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. And, you know, this tradition is really near and dear to me, um, particularly because um, I've gone, I'm, in the time that I've been in recovery, I've gone to the Freethinkers meeting, um, which some of you may or may not be familiar with um, regularly the whole time. And this tra tradition 
it it says basically like every group must makes its own decisions and mistakes without interference from any governing body other than its own group conscious but it extends only to matters that don't affect other OA groups or OA as a whole and I I, I sometimes don't want to be in a way because it, I feel like it has a lot of patriarchal, sexist bullshit in it. And I want to be in this program because it saves my life. And um, I think that that is like, that feels like the right place to be where I, I care really deeply about um, this fellowship. And I also, yeah, I, I see its history. I, I read the big book and, um, and, and it's hard because sometimes I feel like OA as a, as a whole is like a particular view of OA as a whole. And, um, and that also OA as it is, is, is sometimes the, the language, especially as like a queer, non-binary human um alien it is hurtful and it doesn't speak to my experience and i think a lot of what's said in the oa literature is very fat phobic um and really holds up weight loss as an ideal and 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 I get so much out of this fellowship. And so I think, you know, this, this tradition, it's like, okay, so what does that mean for like things that affect us as a whole? Like we're already being affected as a whole by the decisions that have historically been made. And I think that there are decisions that we can make autonomously as, as individual groups that could benefit us as a whole. Like, and I think it's scary because it's, you know, I'm like, is that watering it down? Is that not staying true to the OA thing? And I don't have the answer, but when I read the literature to myself, I change things so that I can access it. And I read outside literature I got that, Lynn, thank you. And I read outside literature so that I can access the 12 steps and 12 traditions. And I, yeah, I change stuff so that I can see my experience in it. And I go to meetings so that I can hear other people's interpretation of it too. But I, yeah, I struggle with it and I'm not gonna leave because of it. And part of that is I have the privilege that I'm not so triggered that I can't come back. And, you know, after coming for years, I'm like, who so many people are? Um, and I don't have the answer. And I do think it's, I'm glad to talk about it. <laughs> um, so I think that that's probably about all, all I want to say on that topic. <laughs> Let me just open that up. <laughs> um, but I do hope that, you know, each of you got something out of what I said. And again, 
is just my opinion. So I don't speak for OA as a whole, obviously. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me. Judy, thank you for asking me to share. Um, that's it, thanks.